Momentum, helping men succeed in life. Well, welcome to Momentum. Uh, it is uh, Tim and Days with you once again for another great show. And we've got another amazing person uh, on the phone uh, today. He is uh, officially the founder and co-founder of Dads for Kids. And he's done a whole bunch of other stuff, which we're going to hear about. His name is Warwick Marsh. And it is an absolute pleasure to be chatting with you today, Warwick. Thanks for joining us. Great to be talking to you. Tim and Des too. So look, a bit of backstory, Warwick. You've been married since 1975. Correct. That's a that's a commitment, man. You've had five kids. You've currently got eight grandkids. Is that right? Nine now. Oh, you've got nine now. And look, you over the years, you've you've done a whole bunch of stuff. So look, uh, no, we don't want to spend too much time on the backstory because there's so much happening now that we want to pick your brains about. But just a quick wrap over the last you know 20 odd years or so of, uh, you know, what's led you to this point, I suppose? We'll just go back a bit further. My sort of background, I grew up in a broken home, which, and and fatherless for sort of half of that first 12 years. Oh. So that sort of really gave me that motivating drive to not do the same to my kids. Okay. And mm. one of the reasons I sort of uh, just determined to sort of stay married. Um, and um, but my, also my background was in the construction industry, working with men, mm. um, and you know the construction industry is not for the faint-hearted. It's 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 rough and tumble. Yeah. But but you know look, I like blokes and uh, I like men. I like working with blokes, and uh, um, that sort of prepared me, I guess, for a lot of the stuff we're doing now with uh, our work at Dads for Kids. The other side of the coin too, with which has probably been a, a big motivator for me, was I spent a fair bit of um, the, the latter part of the eighties. In fact, actually, most of the eighties, I was sort of the the guy in church that looked after all the all the you know the drug addicts, and yeah. and, and you could find you know former prostitutes, and you know I had one young man living with us who was uh, who had AIDS, and he also was a drug addict, uh, yeah. and he actually worked the wall in Darlinghurst, which which is basically worked as a male prostitute, so you really have to be full of drugs to do that sort of work because yeah. hmm. it's pretty bizarre. Um, and but you know he was a family friend, and so I, I was um, also had criminals living with us and ex drug addicts and everything else, and and um, so I spent a fair bit of time. Um, my my I guess my driving my my background is music. It's still a coherent sort of part of who I am, what I do. Guitarist, singer, songwriter. Don't do as much now, but I have done a lot in the past, and did a lot of work. Uh, Playing music in jails, but yeah. because of my work with previous work with uh, drug addicts and the sort of the the, the darker side of humanity, uh, I felt at home. Mm. As I wrote more recently, um, I spent a lot of time at the Dregs of Society, but, but perhaps because I was a dreg myself. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so look, I mean, the construction industry that kind of prepared you, I suppose, and really gave you hands-on experience, or I suppose you could see some of the stuff that the guys were traveling through, you know, in that sort of industry. Um, we're going to jump back to 2002, which is when you established Dad, Dads for Kids with your wife. What was then, I suppose, the motivation for that? Because obviously you'd construction, then you did some traveling and you've sang and you've preached and you've done all that stuff, you know, Father of the Year in 98. And then 2002, you decide to do this, this Dads for Kids Fatherhood Foundation. What was the motivation for that? Two things. Um, number one, I've already shared with you that I grew up in a broken home slash fatherless home, and I, you know, dropped out of school. Was headed for university, dropped out of school. I almost, be, you know, didn't become a drug addict, but came pretty close. And my friends ended up in jail. Um, so exhibited a lot of those sort of traits. 
that mm. are classic with fatherlessness. Um, I thought about suicide as a young man, which of course is pretty scary. It's huge, but yeah. um, that was also, you know, directly related to the whole issue of fatherlessness. Uh, but you know, from in nineteen ninety, we set off around Australia to share our music with you know whoever would listen, and did a lot of work in Aboriginal communities. In ninety eight, I was in Parliament House listening to. Uh, I was in a, it was just straight after the National Prayer Breakfast and had this forum with about 60, 70 people. We were all in suits and ties, so I'm looking diligent. And the politician who was uh, the MC sort of said, well, what are Australia's biggest problems? And let's list them here. And everyone, someone said abortion, you know, 100,000 yeah. babies a year killed. Someone said it's drugs. Someone else said it's, you know, domestic violence. Someone said it's crime. And I'm thinking, my goodness, they're all bad, you know. And then this mm. old Aboriginal man who I knew very well because he he'd take me into Kalgoorlie Jail. His name was Pastor Ronnie Williams. Hmm. And uh, he said, he stood up in his sort of, you know, tweed jacket and crumpled sort hmm. of grey hair and crumpled grey beard and said, you know, um, Australia's greatest need is for fathers. Yes. Fathers who will love their children. Fathers who will love their wives and put their families first. Fathers in the community. Fathers in the business world. You know, fathers hmm. in the political world who be statesmen or not just politicians, you know, yeah. for the highest bidder. And as he said those words, um, Tim and Des, I just began to cry. And, and I wow. wasn't just crying, I was sobbing. I felt yeah. pretty sort of weird, actually, because um, I was trying to look good. And I had to turn my face to the wall, mm. and I just hit by this wave of emotion. I, I didn't even know what it was, but... You know, four years later, here I am with my wife, and my wife is a co-founder, I'm proud to say, of, of Dads for Kids. Yeah. And we kicked off, um, yeah, May 2002, and the rest is history. So at that stage, Warwick, were you, were you a man of faith, or how did that journey come about? Both my parents were people of faith, but okay. and it's sort of harder to work out when a couple that says they believe in God, and they did both believe in God, and the had a relationship with God and actually break up because God is love, is he not? Mm, and, yeah. uh, you know, that was very hard to take. It sort of yeah. does your head in a bit, actually, I believe. Um, did mine anyway. Um, so I, but I came to Christ 15, 16 years of age for a Billy okay. Graham crusade in, ah, cool. in 69, watching on TV. So people say that Billy Graham crusades don't work. Well, it's a lot of rubbish. Yeah, they yeah. do work, you know, because there's incredible power in the preaching of the gospel. And yeah. um, Billy was very good at that. So, you know, I came to Christ, and since that time I've been following Jesus. And yes, I've uh, fallen over, but I just keep getting back up again. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's good. Well, let's let's jump back to Dads for Kids for a, for a moment because 2002, you're launching this foundation, and obviously you would have uh, some degree of expectation, I suppose, around what that was going to look like. What what was the I suppose the the driving force for that? Obviously, you had that moment at Parliament House, but then yep. when you set up the foundation, the goal of that was what? Again, your wound becomes you you, you know your your uh, ministry. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's a Naval, a Catholic um, mystic, talked about being a wounded healer. Hmm. Uh, and I think sometimes, and I don't know if it's happened to you, gentlemen, you know, you find yourself ministering out of your own brokenness into people's lives and hmm. giving them hope. And I think, essentially, that's where Dads the Kids came. My, my wife never experienced a, that sort of brokenness in her family, thank God. Um, but nonetheless, we actually have different levels of brokenness because they got parents, uh, her parents got caught up in a cult, but that's another story. The bottom line is that that's how that sort of came about, 
What were our hopes? Our hopes, obviously, was found in Malachi chapter 4, verse 6, uh, and it says, talking about Elijah, that he will come to turn the hearts of the fathers to the mm. children, mm. the hearts of the children to the fathers. So it's got to start with Dad. Yeah, Dad's got to turn his heart towards the kids. But then there's a response. Uh, interestingly, the angel uh, translates that in Luke one seventeen um, to turn the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to the hearts of the fathers to the children, but the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. So part of this is a turning back to God. Mm. It's a turning back to our Father in heaven. We had high hopes, but um, I don't know how many times I felt like giving up, Tim and Des, uh, yeah. the years. And uh, But here we are today, and actually we're sort of mm. things are really kicking along reasonably well over the last 12 months, which is really fantastic. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that because, I mean, let, let's be honest, the last 12 months for everybody has been a bit of a schmuzzle. I mean, it's been something we didn't expect and lives have been radically shifted. Let me then ask you, Warwick, when you look at the world right now, and let's let's stay local for a moment here in Australia, the, the biggest issues that you think men are struggling with and dealing with right now partly as a result of covid but just the, the you know the times that we live in well yeah look um i keep saying this all the time it's a quote from thoreau who was not a christian but quite a intelligent uh, you know philosopher and observer of the human condition he said most men lead lives of quite desperation i i take the mm. most off some often just shorten it to you know men lead lives of quite desperation I think that still is probably the the biggest issue. Um, men lead lives of quite desperation, and uh, you know, there's another layer to that is that we as men, you know, we just got living in you know, a, a world of just world to world sort of sex pornography everywhere, mm-hmm. and we struggle so much with the whole. Um, but pornography is a, is a really difficult thing because we just that we're visual creatures. But the third thing is that um, you know we we need God, you know, and uh, uh, we need to know that we are loved and that we we have a Father in heaven that does mm. desperately love us that he sent Jesus. And we have to get that message out there to men that they are special and they, they are made in the image of their Father in heaven and their Father loves them. Warwick, there'll be men listening right now who are potentially dads. And, you know, as we said in the intro, you have been married since 1975. It's a long time. You've got five kids, now nine grandchildren. You, you, you've got a bit of wisdom in this area. you know. The, the, and there's all sorts of people listening right now who are on different parts of that journey too. But w- a couple of key things that you've learned over that time that perhaps you could or wish you could go back and tell your younger self now, for those listening that might be on the beginning of that journey as a dad, as a new husband or something like that, just some key things that you've learned over the years that you can share. We do have a resource. And my biggest resource is my weekly newsletter, which we've been doing for 18 years for blokes. And every week it comes out with stories for single dads, granddads, you know, young dads, older dads. And, you know, that's one way to hook in dadsforkids.org.au and just, you know, be subscribed. And that, that's that's a great way to become part of a men's group. And you can just listen to and hear other people, read other people's stories. Three points, three things. Well, number one, get married, stay married even if it kills you, because it will. And out of death comes life, everybody. You know, yeah. if, if the grain of wheat must fall into the ground because if it doesn't fall into the ground to die, it abides alone. So I believe that people don't understand marriage is not about self-gratification, it's about death. <laughs> it's about embracing death, and mm-hmm. out of death comes life. Because, you know, Jesus said, greater love has no man than this, 
and to lay his life down for his friends. Mm-hmm. And it says in a book in the New Testament called Ephesians, Paul talking about uh, that a man ought to, that a woman ought to listen to her husband, which, which in the context of the, the Greek language was to to actually respect him. That was the sort of the, the big word there. Mm. Um, the other context of that verse is that a man should to love his wife as Christ loved the church and yeah. gave himself up for the church. So who's got the greater responsibility in a, in a married relationship? I would argue the man, because the man's got to give up his life. All a woman has to do is respect her husband. And that can be hard for a woman because, again, a woman knows all the all my faults, my wife knows all my faults. She can give you a long list of them. <laughs> you don't know them, thank God, but she does. Um, and it's hard for her to respect. It's hard for any, any woman to respect the man she knows all the faults of. Mm. But if she can do that, conversely, the man then must give up his life. So I'd say, number one, love your wife. And, you know, you can be half good enough, Dad, if you can pull that one off. And it would be the hardest thing you ever do in your whole life, mm. I can assure you. Number two... Um, Love, you know, is the most powerful force in the universe. So, you know, I know it sounds trite, I know it sounds obvious, but love your kids. Like, and the thing, of course, is you've got to learn how to how children uh, children spell love. Uh, children spell love both T I M E time, and they also spell it F U N. We're just doing this um, special thing called Decorate Dad at the present moment, which is you know a bit of a fun thing. It's a bit of a fundraiser for dads for kids, but we're just trying to get dads to allow their kids to put some paint in their hair or to put a tie on them or a bow tie or, mm. you know, paint their face. But it's all about fun, and mm. kids just love having fun. Yeah, and uh, it's just great. And number three would be, um, listen, you know, um, uh, the greatest, you've got two ears, one mouth. Well, why not use that ratio when it comes to life? Mm. And, um, you know, listen to your wife. Women actually find listening very sexy. If it, I guess more men would get more sex if they listened to their wife a bit more. <laughs> um, there's a good one. But, um, you know, listen to your kids. You know, they, 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 kids love to be listened yes. to, you know, and find a time to shut up and listen. Oh, mm. what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? Yeah. And how mm. do you feel about that? So, you know, there's my little three tips for the day. Love your wife. Um, love your kids and uh, listen and of course am I a hypocrite please don't tell anyone but yes I must confess Mm. that's really good work I have one question for you I mean with all your wealth of experience and knowledge you know give me two or three um, really general pieces of advice about across the whole spectrum of dealing with men I understand you know dads married men but men in general you know in terms of their faith in terms of their walk in terms of how they do life. What are the three key things for them? You heard me say that at times I wanted to give up. Um, uh, I think working with men is just, it's just crazy almost, you know? Because we're, I guess the one thing is we're all our own worst enemies. I mean, I'm my own worst enemy. Mm -hmm. I don't need the devil to attack me. (laughs) (laughs) You do well on your own. (laughs) We do well, pretty well on our own, thank you very much. Um, So, you know, but that's sort of, displayed time and time again. I don't have, don't know how many blokes I've tried to rescue their marriages and they know better, thank you very much, and yeah. rack off Marshy and get out of the get out of my hair and of course, yeah. you know, they, they leave, leave a trail of wreckage and then, you know, five, ten years later I'm bouncing their kids who are on drugs or whatever it is, you know. So, mm. um, you know, it's difficult. Uh, it's very, very difficult working with men or choosing to work with men 
There's a book called Good to Great, which is very well worth reading by Jim Collins. It's a, it's a business book, but it's also a life book. And he talks about confronting the brutal truth. Uh, if you're going to be successful in business, you've got to keep confronting the brutal truth. So I think that working with men and and and, and working encouraging fathers is, is probably one of the most difficult things. That's on the negative side. The positive side is if you can change a man, you can change a family, mm-hmm. you can change a nation. So I would still argue that it's a good investment of time mm-hmm. and energy and finance and effort. So again, congratulations on your on your um, radio program and congratulations on the ministry to men and for men because mm-hmm. um, men need people to encourage them and to applaud them and cheer cheer them on and to you know be there for them. Warwick, you've given us so much in there, and yet I feel like we've barely scratched the surface, to be honest, of all of the information and wealth of knowledge and wisdom and stuff that you've learned the good way and the hard way over your life. Um, But we will point people to the Dads for Kids website because you have a whole bunch of resources there that they can check out. Uh, Whatever part of that journey you're on, there is something for you. There is something there that you can glean from. And as Warwick has said, get connected with other guys, start having conversations, start listening and sharing your stories and getting some good people in your life. Dadforkids.org.au is the website. And our special guest has been the founder, Warwick Marsh. Warwick, an absolute joy and a pleasure today, man. So much in there. And thank you so much for sharing some of your story and some of those stories with us today on Momentum. Appreciate it. God's blessings to you guys. And uh, thank you so much. Thanks for the privilege of being being on your show. Yeah, Mm. our pleasure. Thanks again, Warwick. For more information, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org.